Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 85th episode of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. <laughs> what a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. USA. Uh, my name is Kevin. America. Uh, Nick. <laughs> America. I'm Jared. <laughs> hey, America. I'm Kevin. Uh, yes, this is episode 85. Let's talk about how it's crazy that it's episode 85. 85? I can't believe it. I can't believe wow. it. 85 episodes you got. <laughs> I can't believe it's not 83. I'm so hype right now. Sorry. Kevin. Hype. Kevin's uh, hype. Well, let's do our thing real quick. Uh, you can follow us on the internet. Facebook, Tumblr, uh-huh. Twitter, usually by searching Big Planet Comics. Yep. Or, more. At Big Planet Comics on Twitter. Go to BigPlanetComics.com. Yep. Go there. And, Facebook. uh... I think we should skip right to what have you been doing, Kevin. Uh, so I've been working on this web. <laughs> I've been working on this web comic uh, called Zodiac Star Force, and we just released our first image. What? And it's uh, it's it's, it's popping. It's popping. Yeah, on, I'm on not going to say it's blowing list. up, but you know, it's it. We just posted it like 30 minutes ago, so I'm like super excited. Yeah. And I just want to be checking Tumblr right now. Yeah. But hey, if you like the show, if you're a fan. Follow our Tumblr at ZodiacStarForce.com. Yep. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, it is co-done with the artist extraordinaire Paulina Ganesho, who Pauline, does all yep. of our art for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She does all our podcast pictures, which we know you guys like. We love. Our Animal Crossing one last week was good. Yeah. Oh, God. We won't have a new one this week. We'll use oh. an old one because we just do one every other episode. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the best time to talk about them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's awesome. The comic uh, is going to be awesome, I hope. I sweet. probably shouldn't say that because I'm the one writing it. But uh, what have you guys been up to? Nick. Wah, 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 Hold wah, on. I'm going to check something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's your car. Uh, yeah. I got like, some car stuff done today. Yeah. It's I saw you posted. You said it was cheap. Exciting. That is exciting for $28. Am I right? I want to promote the Hyundai. Uh, <laughs> 10,000 uh, mile wh- bumper wh- to bumper. Warranty. Yeah, the warranty is pretty sweet. Isn't that uh, what their deal was? Like $28 if you promote us on your podcast? Yeah. Well, actually, if we want to really talk about this, that's how Hyundai sort of got a lot of market share was they offered a really great warranty. warranty. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they did a 10-year, uh, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty, and then people started picking them up. Yeah. They were like, this sounds like Honda. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's pretty crazy because I went there for like uh, like five different things, like oil change. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it was like twenty eight dollars. It was ridiculous. I bought, Oil change. I, I, I was ready to spend like four hundred dollars, and it was just like, like twenty eight bucks. So what did you do with your three hundred and seventy something dollars? Not nothing. Boring anecdote in progress. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do with it? Uh, yeah. So I went home. <laughs> I went home. I bought a bunch of strawberry Rita. <laughs> I went online. I went to uh, zodiacstarforce.com <laughs> and bought all the comics. And you bought yeah. a bunch of notes. I went to bettyjohnston.com. <laughs> did you Johnston or? Johnston. Uh, Johnson. I'm not sure, but you bought it's like Johnson. a flowery handbag. Yeah. Well, wow. it's, it's nice. It's a sweet story. Yeah. That's good. You there put you it go. in your car, which is now <laughs> in up the back to, window of your car. Up to spec. Up to spec, yeah. <laughs> Past all the inspections. That's you, great. You're going to take all those hats out of the back window and put the handbag in there now? Yeah. So you have a bunch of hats there? Yeah. yeah. Like a, like, of course. Like for, are they Team Fortress hats? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Jared? What have you been doing? I went to New York City. You did go to New York. We're going to talk New about New York that. City. What? Where they make the salsa? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about some of that in the news. But why don't you talk about the more casual things that happened in New York? Uh, my friends uh, have a six-year-old son who turned six on Saturday, so we had a kid birthday party. I was lucky enough to attend. By which I was so tired from the trip up that while the kids were running around screaming, I walked to the other side of the park and took a nap on a bench. <laughs> nice. Like a real New York homeless. Yep. They're like, we'll wake you up when we cut the cake. I'm like, all right, see you later. Did anybody tap on your foot while you were sleeping? <laughs> I don't remember. But I woke up and my wallet was gone. So it worked out. 
Nice. Like, Central Park. Like Does anybody fun. lick your eyeballs? I don't know. Probably. you can get pink eye from that. I've heard. <laughs> I thought that only Japanese people Yeah, I that. think it is. Well, there are Japanese people in New York City. That's true. I saw some. I've, I've, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> Proof. Yeah. Proof. saw some Koreans, too. There are a lot of people who live in New York, apparently. <laughs> oh, I went to the new Jim Hanley's Comics shop. Oh, yeah, because be, they just moved, right? Yes. So they used to be right next to the Empire State Building, and now they're like Jim Hanley's Universe or Jim Hanley's World of Comics or something. Because uh, Jim Hanley apparently is retired and has passed it on to his next crew, and it's a lot smaller, but much more organized. And then I went to Midtown Comics because you always got to tour the comic book shops, and it's still good and great. Yeah, but I didn't get out. Midtown's to, a good store to Bergen or Desert Island. So which time. Midtown? There are two Midtowns, right? There are three, maybe even four now. It's ridiculous. One of them is really narrow. How can they all be Midtowns? That's because it's a big city. Because there was one in wide. Midtown, and then... I think it was the original one. Actually, I think they're all actually still in Midtown. Yeah, it's a big city. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did you see they announced that they're going to do like a bike messenger delivery service for their comics? What? That's in, awesome. In Manhattan. That's, cool. that's a cool. So if you're like stuck at work on Wednesday, someone will drop your comics That's great. Off. I think that's awesome, actually. Uh, it's pretty cool. New York. Yeah. Hilarious. Like Puck from the real world. Oh, really? <laughs> Wow. What have I been doing? Real World 1 reference? I've been, yeah, Real real World, no, that's Real World 2, buddy. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, Real World 1 was Might like, as well one. <laughs> 1 was the one that had like Norm. I don't know. 2 had like Puck and uh, Judd Winnick. Judd Winnick. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what have I been doing? I've been working on this comic, obviously. Apparently. And uh, we're getting ready to move, I think, it seems like. We're going to move into D.C. Yeah. So I've been packing stuff up. Cool. Sounds like Just fun. packing and relaxing. <laughs> Moving is really stressful, you guys. Yeah. Uh, and what else? I don't know. Reading comics. Playing. Oh, oh, playing Animal Crossing. I talked about that last week, right? Yeah, yeah. I've yep, been playing so. a lot of Animal Crossing. I just got, uh, look, Nooklings just up, upgraded, and now it's a... Let uh, me see that keyboard. A convenience <laughs> store where you <laughs> smash it over my head. No, I was going to play the crickets. Uh, <laughs> um, so I've got, a, I've got a TNT Mart. I want to upgrade that to a Super TNT Mart. Hopefully Club 101 will open up soon. It's going to be pretty awesome. It's, uh, I just did crickets on myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so that's what we've been doing, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Follow Nick at Nick Leapis on Twitter. <laughs> at that's Nick Appis. I don't know. Dot com. At, H, at HH Holmes. I don't have a Twitter. You should start an at HH H. Holmes Twitter. I should. And just be like, like murdering. Yeah. Hashtag B- build death a, dungeon. Build a maze takes, takes it out of you. There you go. Um. We sh- I I uh, um our friend has a really popular Twitter right now and I'm gonna I'm gonna promote it for him. Who's that? It's uh it's a, f- a friend of ours, John McNamee. He's been a customer here for a long time. Now he's out in L.A. Doing and, what? Uh, he writes for some TV shows and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. the Onion. Yep, and he writes for the Onion. But he some uh, comics. He has a Twitter right now called '80s Don Draper. Oh, oh yeah, really? and it's really <laughs> really funny. Uh, and I would recommend everybody check it out. It's blowing up. It's pretty great. Yeah, West Side. <laughs> All right, let's do some news. Man, this paper is burning my fingers. This is hot off the presses. Oh, <laughs> can, can I do two sound effects at the same time? Crickets and... Crickets and try exciting... It. Yeah. Try it. They they cancel each other out. <laughs> uh, so uh, Marvel announced that Robert Downey Jr. has signed on for Avengers two and three. 
people were not sure if he was going back. I know they really weren't. Yeah, because yeah. he wanted. So did he get his hundred million dollars that he wanted? Probably, but wasn't uh, it also that he wanted to he wanted get, another, get raises for everyone? Else? Yeah, yeah, for everybody else. Some of the people got paid very poorly. Right, he probably but did. Everyone else get raises? Probably. Uh, probably. They probably did. I, or just he just wanted to look good, and he's like, all right, fine. I've held out long enough. But it didn't say that he signed on for any more Iron Man movies, so there might not be any more. I don't Man. think there are no. going to be more Iron Man movies. Iron Man three wrapped up like, yeah. hey. No more Iron Man movies. <laughs> That's it. Yep. I'm sure there'll be more. Um, so Avengers 2 and 3 will just have Tony Stark being like, I wish I hadn't blown up all my suits. By the way, for anybody waiting for us to talk about Man of Steel, none of us once saw Man of Steel. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's that. We'll go see it sometime. Yep. yep. Uh, some people will. I can talk about Monsters University next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still I want to see this at the end, too. Yeah, oh, me, yeah. Too. me too. But, uh, right. uh, so, news number two. Uh, DC announced two new series recently. Uh, Superman Wonder Woman is one of them. Yep. Those, those, are, two by... those are one series. Yeah. So I guess uh, they're doing Batman Superman. Yep. And now they're doing Superman Wonder Woman. Uh, I knew these things. And this is written by Charles Soule. Yeah. So, yep. and it concentrates on their their relationship, I guess. I guess. Charles Soule's relationship I, with I Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. I know these things. I got info. And then the second. Book, are you allowed to tell us? Yes. It is uh, basically because in Justice League 12, they had the Superman uh, Wonder Woman kiss. Mm-hmm. And then in Superman and Wonder Woman, they had no repercussions about that affecting them whatsoever. And so this is basically their. So, like, in, relationship so instead of putting book. it in the actual book. Like, yeah. So in Justice League 12. They kissed. It sold really well. Yep, because it's on the cover. The numbers on all the DC books have been dropping since then. Yep. So they're like, let's go back to that and do this. Let's yeah. do it. I hope so, it's good. You know, Charles Soule, um, he's, he's, he's still new, but yeah. uh, his Swamp Thing stuff has been good. And his other stuff should be coming out pretty soon. I think Red Lanterns is next week. Yeah, yeah. and then... Uh, and he's next, a bud. We like him. Next month is Thunderbolts. He's right now. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be fun. We'll talk about all those cool. books. And then, uh, uh, and then the other book is Justice League... 3,000. So I'm yeah. excited about the, this book. It's called that because it's the 3,000th Justice League book that DC is No, it's um, Badabooey. So Justice League, Justice League of America, Justice League Dark, and Justice League 3,000. And Justice League of America <laughs> Which is just, vibe. just vibe. It doesn't take place in the future. It's just about really awesome. And Justice League presents Katana, and Justice League presents Vibe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, except Justice League 3,000 is going to be the only DC book that's actually funny. Because it's Demadius uh, <laughs> right. and Giffen and Kevin McGuire, the guys that did Justice League International, yeah. and did the... The amazing, if you haven't read it, Defenders oh, yeah. miniseries for Marvel, which is so funny. And they did I Can't Believe It's Not the Justice League and all that stuff. And their stuff is really good together. And did, did you see the character designs for this? Yeah, they it looks look great. Cool. Superman looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's drawn by Howard Porter. And Howard Porter is garbage. <laughs> but, like, the, the art looks so cool. It lo- I think it looks, I think this book looks great. I'm actually really excited about it. looks pretty it. cool. Well, my only, <laughs> my only thing is, like... I, I like. Why didn't they just do a Justice League International book? <laughs> I don't know because well, they could later. But this is basically like we were talking earlier that they're canceling Legion of Superheroes, and this will be the first time Legion has not had an immediate follow up, even though it was canceled in like thirty four years. All right. This is their follow up, so this will so be set be like, in the year three thousand. Well, and, Legion was gone for a little while before the Mark Wade stuff, wasn't it? I don't know. I thought it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe yeah. that was just like it's a kind relaunch. Of that was completely been around, different. Yeah. It's been relaunched a lot. <laughs> but I think the thing with this is if you put. 
if you do put this book and you make it a Justice League International book and it goes into the regular DC universe, it falls under all those things that we've been constantly talking right. about, all these sort of editorial control and stuff. I'm sure this will do. If you make it Justice League 3000, sure, at some point they'll probably do some dumb crossover with it that'll yeah. make it Richard Gold will show up. Yeah. yeah. Does J.T. Cruel still exist? Does he write? He doesn't write for yeah, I think he still exists. Yeah, I guess. Like, in, like I think he's alive. As a force, <laughs> a force of But, uh, so I think if setting this in the year 3000, which is, I assume, what this is, yeah. uh, nope. <laughs> sort of makes it so it can stand on its own and be funny and they can kind of do whatever they want with right. it. Oh, and Hopefully. they can do a Futurama crossover. They could. That'd be awesome. I'd, yeah. I'd nice. watch slash read that. <laughs> uh, another piece of news is that, uh, oh. I was going to say, speaking of crossovers. Speaking of crossovers, what? I got some more dope. Yeah. Apparently there there will be a Batman and Scooby-Doo crossover. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. This is Batman 66, right? We think. Like they're doing We're not this, even sure. They're doing this it's Batman. It's amazing. Well, they're, they are doing a book called Batman 66, which based is based on the, on the old TV show. Yeah, right. And uh, when I was a kid, the Batman Scooby-Doo episodes were like my favorite thing in the they're world. Awesome. I thought they were awesome. Casey Kasem. As Robin. Those in the Harlem Globetrotter ones. The Harlem Globetrotter Yeah, they actually talked yeah. about it and they said they don't have the rights to a lot of that stuff, like the Harlem Globetrotters, but they are going to try and do more Scooby-Doo crossovers with some other stuff. That's cool. And they're going to reprint uh, all the original Batmans uh, from the 50s and 60s or whatever that got turned into episodes of the TV show, like the comics they're oh, based cool. on. Oh, that's like cool. Like book. as a trade? Oh, yep. that's awesome. That's good. DC doing some stuff. They do some, some good stuff, ideas. The uh, old, the, from the old 52. <laughs> in other news... Yeah. Uh, what do I got? J.H. Williams the third is complaining about DC. No, I'm <laughs> that did happen. But did that uh, happen? Yeah, because yes. the new issue of Batwoman was really cool. You know, what he was complaining about is that Bellens he's won. been building up a Killer Croc storyline in in Batwoman, and he wanted to do a big thing for it during Villains Month. But they were like, no, because uh, we're going to let somebody random do a Killer Croc issue for one of the batman time or something like it was just like no you can't do it and like, then they maybe. just i think they just wrapped up that killer croc story in this issue maybe of yeah i don't know which was uh i don't know if you guys looked at this week's batwoman but it's uh it's all drawn by frank avia oh really? yes yeah it's my really news. awesome <laughs> yeah uh but in other better news uh <laughs> hey my news was good about frank <laughs> <laughs> um Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez's Lock and Key has been picked up by Universal Studios for movies. Uh, that apparently they're going to try to make a trilogy. Huh. Um, and the because there was going to be a TV show at one point, yeah, right? yeah, and it, and it got canceled. Yeah, or like they made a pilot. they made a pilot. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah. But, uh, but the Robert or- Orchi, how do you say it? Orsi Orchi uh, Orco Orco Robert Orco <laughs> uh, and then Alex Kurtzman are going to be working on yeah, that's Al- writing Alex He Man. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be working on the script for Lock and Key, which is pretty cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, except for all the people that hated the Star Trek screenplay. <laughs> True. <laughs> which is a lot of people. True. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Lock and Key seems like it would make a really good movie. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah. And uh, we do have a little bit of sad news. Uh, Kim Thompson, the uh, what was his position? Co-publisher. At yeah, he was co-publisher, I guess, with Gary Groth. One of the main editors. Yeah, and uh, a great translator of books. He he translated a bunch of the Jacques Tardy books, a bunch of Milo Manara stuff. Uh, he was actually, I think, the best translator of yeah. French comics around. Uh, he passed away, Yeah, which is unfortunate. Uh, sad. Yeah, it's sad. So just, you know. Bring it down. Yeah, sorry. That's what always happens when we talk about this stuff. But he was yeah. a huge figure in comics, and yeah, it's, definitely, it's definitely it's definitely worth mentioning. He did a lot of good stuff, and he was he was a nice guy. I met him a couple times, and yeah, so it's sad, but that's the news. Yeah, the news. Yeah. Ending on a down note. Yeah. All right. So uh, you guys want to do some questions? Yes. Yeah, sure. Bring it back up a little bit. 
We just got one question this week. No. That's okay, though. We had a lot of questions last week. And it's a quick question, it says. All right. This is from Nick Hines, who's uh, one of our... He's a he's a he's our British guy over he's our at our Brit connection. Yeah, uh, and he brings us comics from England, which is awesome. <laughs> Set of yeah. drugs from France. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, "Just a quick question, but with all the 3D motion, foil, embossed, and bag comics coming out, um, wait, sorry. Now is this now is this one of the signs of the coming apocalypse? Yeah, sorry, that wording confused me for a second. The British wording. Uh, I think it's a sign that uh, people who worked on comics in the '90s are now yeah. working on comics again. Yeah, the, everything. I'm a little worried about that thing too. Like, not even just that. Like the whole Villains Month thing for DC is like they're putting out like you know like four copies of most of their books. Yeah, and so I don't know if we talked about this, but DC is doing 3D covers for for all the villains for villains month and they're these are like point 1 issues which is so weird cuz that's like a thing that Marvel did that no I feel like nobody's ever done before so it's well, really they're point weird. 1, 0.2, 0.3, yeah. But Marvel I, did that as well. I can explain. Yeah. <clears throat> they did, you know, fear itself point right. 1, point 0.2 or whatever. Uh Jared, what, you got some explaining to do? Yeah, so in New York I went to the meeting by DC Comics where they presented a lot of this stuff and so basically the way they're doing it is uh, they obviously pointed out they wanted to do the best villains, not necessarily a villain for every hero. So just because, you know, someone right now like Batwing has a book is they're not going to do a Batwing villain. So, of course, most of them are Superman and Batman villains. <laughs> so they had to then stack them onto books. So instead of just doing like, um, you know, Killer Croc or whatever, they did Batman Killer Croc and then Batman, you know, Poison Ivy. So they had like a million books for all the same characters so to solve that they did batman and whatever issue is coming out that month is like it's gonna be 23 i think that sounds right 22 or 23 it's gonna be 23.1 killer croc 23.2 coming out the next week poison ivy 23.3 joker will still be the zero year storyline i assume that's going on right oh i don't know just the main 23 that would be weird if they just don't do so they might just be skipping it so so are are all of their books coming out every week uh well just a few of the books yeah so like like wonder woman's has two so it's going to be point one, point two for two villains for her. And I Batman thought, like, and Superman each have four, right? But it's like Batman has four and Detective Comics has four right. and like Nightwing has three. You know, so they're not necessarily those wow, numbers, but crazy. a lot of them are going to be like that. Yeah. And I think, I think a, some of them that might just not come out that month. And they're all going to be more expensive? Yeah. Yes. Because well, yeah, they're all 3 Here's the thing I read was that uh, they, they all have the 3D covers and they're all a dollar more. But apparently that's not enough to cover costs. So, like, they're going to be losing money on these, so they're not, like, overprinting them. So whenever we saw it, we won't be able to get them back in, which is well, kind that's of not the, the reason they said it was is because they're getting printed in China. It's a new way of doing it where it's, like, a very minor pyramid. So you can literally, like, turn the paper a little bit and see the 3D effect. So it's a pyramid of, like, plastic or whatever right. on it to get the slight angle on it. Uh, and to do that takes four months. It's going to be awesome. So wow. they had to do when we get those covers. Books and they're all weird and bend each other. No, nope. no, they checked all this, and so they had an actual sample there. It's very thin, and it actually looks really good. And it's like you can literally see like shifting slightly off and like three D motion of stuff coming towards you. It was really well done. I mean, that's but, cool. they look cool. Yeah, it takes four months. It's still like a weird gimmicky <laughs> thing. Oh, sure, it's super gimmicky, which is a problem, as Nick pointed out. That this yeah, is so, a sign of the apocalypse. Yeah, it does seem like. Uh, the sort of collector mentality is coming back and uh, publishers yep. are embracing it because, you know, it was it good for them once. nonsense. And uh, so why wouldn't it be good for them again? It's not as widespread as it was. I mean, yeah. Valiant's yeah. back. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, ba- a bagged comic this week in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, Lots of variant covers, especially like Superman Unchained had a ton of them, yeah. for example. Any number one of a big series basically has a ton of variant covers. Superman off the train. <laughs> 
I feel like uh, there hasn't been too many. Like, it hasn't been, like, that widespread. But it's happening. Yeah. yeah. It's happening. And it's happening more. And it's about to happen a bunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. uh... No, I mean, I would say there are a lot of signs of the coming apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, maybe that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think the industry will crash again like it did before. No. no. Uh, just because... It's very different. Yeah, everyone who, different everyone who survived knows <laughs> not to do that. Yeah, again. there's so much quality now, and I feel yeah. like then it was it was all about... It was uh, all gimmicks. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of gimmick and a lot of very flashy art, and they were getting a lot of artists to draw the books, but I feel like, you know, now there's there's enough really good stuff to, to sustain with, yeah. with these core fans. You know, it's like yeah. there's still... Yeah, I guess there was Sandman and stuff back then, too, but... Uh, there's just more of everything. Yeah, there's just more of everything. More indie so. stuff, like Image is doing so many different things. That's like, true. everybody's doing different things, and, and it's mo- there's more variety, and I don't know. Yeah, but if you don't like this stuff, just don't buy these yeah. things, and definitely don't buy two copies of anything. Yeah, right? please, please don't. Yeah. If you got money for two comics, buy two different ones, because then you get to read them. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for the question, Nick. Uh, if you guys have questions, you can send them to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com or you can, you know, send them to our Twitter, to our Facebook, call to us. our, you can call us at one seven zero three five three nine cast Well, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. It happens sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, that's it. We, should we go on to some reviews? Yes. Some yes. good books this week. Let's do it. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedale. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right, up first this week, we have a return of a book that uh, I don't think anybody expected until it was announced. Uh, right. This is 100 Bullets, Brother Lano, number one. This is written by Brian Azzarello and uh, Eduardo Riso, who worked on a previous series like 100 Bullets. Wow. And, uh, Spaceman recently. Yep, Spaceman recently. And they did the... Uh, Batman. The only good thing about Flashpoint, the Batman right. Sword of Vengeance. Is that what it was called? Night yeah. of Vengeance. Something. Uh, Something. And, uh, and also... Just as a side note, uh, DC just released a really great collection of all of Eduardo Riso's Batman stuff in glorious black and white. Yeah. And it looks awesome. Pretty, pretty great. Um, so oh, good. that's another thing, actually. I forgot. Um, one of the other new things DC announces they're going to bring back Black Man, bah, 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 Batman Black, black and White. Black Man? Batman Black and White. Not Blank Man. <laughs> Batman Black and White. So there's going to be new Batman Black and White, and those were always really good. That's cool. Cool. Oh, and they didn't tell me that at the thing. <laughs> and Jared said they're uh, to go along with this Batman 66 thing, they're releasing a collection of a bunch of the uh, the old Batman stories that were then turned into TV episodes. Yeah, so it's going to be a graphic novel or like a compilation of all the old Batman issues that were then like basis for storylines of the TV show. I always love it when they do that stuff. Like they did yeah. that uh, Black Casebook thing, which were all the stories that tied into Grant Morrison's right. storyline yeah. and stuff. I think that stuff is fun. Or they did that many deaths of strange deaths of batman oh, yeah. trade as well so that's so, 100 bullets brother <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah uh our highest recommendation uh no nick why don't you tell people what's going on in this crazy book about first of Mexican all gangs? i gotta say 100 bullets is one of my all-time favorite series i bought all the giant oversized hardcovers of it and i'm I, it's so good i just love it so much and then you love scalp too and this yeah. kind of felt like scalped a little bit to me yeah yeah i mean scalped and 100 bullets are kind of in the same uh Zone, I don't know. <laughs> they yeah, get in the in the pizone. Yeah, they're in the pizone. Um, basically, this is a not. It's weird. It's not a direct follow up to Hundred Bullets. Um, you can actually read this without having read any Hundred Bullets. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like a lot of people uh, had not read a hundred bullets yeah. just because it's been a right. while right. but yeah i think you can jump right in and this is pretty fun and yeah, it's, it's, well, new, it's i don't know new, fun is the right yeah, word yeah it's a new separate story and uh if father it follow fathers follows lano um i think I don't, it doesn't say like how long after hundred bullets but anyway he's like um trying to like 
be a better person and get away from all this bad stuff that that he did in his past. Um, and of course, that doesn't work because he's in like a really like sketchy part of Mexico, and some really terrible things start happening, and he gets wrapped up in this plot involving a nun. Um, and the brother title comes from because he's he's kind of working at a or not working, he's living at a like a missionary. Yeah, he's trying to become a, a brother. Yeah, and. Uh, about it yeah you yeah. don't want to tell too much of the plot yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. super violent gangsters it yeah. opens up of with the, one uh, of the most violent disturbing yeah. scenes i've read yeah. in, in a comic that doesn't suck yeah <laughs> but it's so good and like it, it's it's super violent but it's like really stylish and you get a really good sense of kind of like ter- like terror from this like you're like this is really bad this is really bad yeah, yeah it's 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 really interesting like the the first scene is so frightening and just you know the people in it are terrifying and then it switches to this uh you know this girl who's working as a missionary in uh in mexico i think that's why she's there right yeah yeah and uh and because of the tone of the first scene it's like that this the second scene is just like has like this creepy feeling about it. Right. I just know it's going to go because like she's very young and very pretty. So you're just like this girl is so in the wrong place. Like this is a bad scene. Right. And then switch to another terrifyingly violent scene. Right. And yeah, the, but the whole thing like holds together really well. And God, the art is so good. And uh, it's got a great last page, which is always awesome. <laughs> that last page, woo. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's built up throughout the issue, if you notice. If you, like, go back and look, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. But the whole comic was great. Uh, it's going to be eight issues, which I think is cool. And this um, first issue is, like, extra long, so. Yeah. So, uh, for 100 Bullets fans, definitely check it out. If you haven't read 100 Bullets, but you, you like crime stuff, bullets. yeah, you should read 100 Bullets. But also, you can just jump in and read this, and it's yep. really good. All right. Up next, we've got uh, Captain Midnight, number zero. This is uh, a collection of the Captain Midnight stories from Dark Horse Presents uh, 18, yep. 19, and 20. And uh, like a lot of the number zero issues that Dark Horse does. Uh, this is written by Joshua Will Williamson uh, with art by Victor Ibanez and Pere Perez. And uh, I think, Jared, this this is kind of one that's up your alley. Yeah, so this is another like very pulpy look back at like World War II stuff, but across with a superhero universe. So the main concept is that Captain Midnight was kind of one of the defender types back in World War II. He's always out fighting Nazis in a rocketeerish pulp kind of way. Uh, but the opening story is that there's a aircraft carrier in the present uh, near the Bermuda Triangle, and a plane uh, is sent from the carrier to check out a weird storm and something's happening, and then Captain Midnight flies out of this storm in, like, a World War II fighter jet, uh, fighter plane, uh, and, is you know, his plane crashes and they rescue him, and he doesn't realize that it's been, you know, 70 years or whatever it's been, and so yeah. it's trying to figure out what happened and... It's kind of like it's a awesome. Captain America style story yeah. where it's like a man at a time trying to catch up with his past. But it's kind of a, there's kind of a bigger story that's happening. Around yeah, there's it. sort of so, some more sort of ominous undertones. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's it was something I didn't think I would be that interested in. Right. I thought it was just going to be a kind of run of the mill pulpy yeah. thing. Like I thought it was going to be like Black Beetle, but without art that's good <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah it ended up being really intriguing i thought yeah the main thing is they don't know why he vanished and so everyone just assumed he died but he was on a secret mission and since he comes back he's like it's top secret i can't tell you and then he's like people are trying to force him to confess what he was up to so there's a lot of intrigue with the current people and right. and then there are then like flashbacks uh, to what happened and... bad guys like left over from the nazi party yep. right. yeah yeah I, I thought it was fun. It was cool. Yeah. I assume this is uh, sort of the intro to what's going to be a regular yep. series. So like at the very end of it, or... they say we will continue. Yeah, so, I'm and... not sure. Yeah, I th- I'm assuming it'll be a mini series. Yeah, probably like the Dark Horse's thing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I thought it was a good issue. And and I like the art a lot. Actually, yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't love it, but I thought it was it was good and then it was fun and it was definitely something different. Yeah. yeah. Very similar to another book that we're going to talk about this week too. Sort of. Which was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just planes and pulpy stuff. But, uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Up next, we've got uh, a graphic novel uh, by Peter Bergting, who I do not know, but this is called Domovoy. And uh, it's kind of a, what, what would you call it? Like a magical fantasy, but folk, folklore like based. Sandman, fables type stuff. I, I think the closest I would say is like BPRD. It's got yeah. that like folklore, uh, like Eastern European folklore thing going on. Um, actually, it has an uh, introduction by John Ar- Arcudi, who doesn't like a lot of the BPRD. Oh, stuff. yeah. Um, and the art is actually very similar to some of the. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy actually drew some BPRD. I think he did, actually. <laughs> um, it's very, like, kind of Guy Davis-ish. Yeah, it actually reminds me of Ed- Eduardo Riso a little bit in yeah. parts, too. Yeah. Uh, or James Heron. Yeah, and a little bit of Mignola, like, in the layouts and yeah. stuff. But, uh, yeah, so the, the story is about a girl named Jenny who's just, like, a waitress. And uh, she finds out that her it's her grandmother, right? Yep. Was this the, basically, like, a powerful witch. Yeah. And, uh... She dies, and then Jenny finds out that all her power was actually stolen. Yeah. Um, Sorcerer from another world. And uh, because of her death, uh, people realize now, like, you know, they they were nobody was ever ever able to find her who stole this power and now they know where it is yeah. and and they're looking for it and now jenny who's just kind of haplessly involved with this uh is in possession of it and she's on the run from a lot of uh shady characters that's an extra twist on this is besides uh uh bulka her talking cat uh, right. she <laughs> and her uncle who I believe is Domovoy, or that's yeah, what yeah. type of person he is, and her grandmother, and almost every other character are fairies or magical creatures. So kind of living in, like, the secret worlds around it. This is all set in Stockholm, where I believe Peter Berkting's from, or at least from Sweden. Uh, and so it's all, like, kind of northern European folklore that just isn't the typical, like, elves and trolls. So it's a lot right. of, like, vocabulary and, like, different traditions and stuff. So it's a very cool twist on it all. Yeah, I think that's what keeps it interesting though like i i i grow weary of like sort of the tolkien inspired high fantasy stuff and uh so seeing it you know a different thing i mean they even call this like domovoy a folklore tale or something like that but uh yeah i think i think seeing that different different magical creatures is like interesting enough and then filled with like some interesting characters there's kind of like these uh these little demon guys that are like uh, smoke Polar cigarettes Mickey. and wear sunglasses and are drive cool cars, like trying to trying to find this power. Um, and it takes some interesting twists and turns with them. And uh, actually, the the end of this has like such a great, great. Conclu- it's such a great ending, and it's it it. I don't know. It's it's awesome. It's a good book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's if you like fantasy stuff, this is amazing. Yeah. But a lot of it, like Nick said, is just like characters interacting and talking and stuff, and. Even, like, some bad guys just, when they capture someone, have a really cool dialogue or whatever. And yeah, I'd say it's almost like fables where, like, yeah. the, the fantasy is what surrounds it, but then it's, you yes. know, the characters are what, what are interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, Oh, such good art. Yeah, the art is really, really good. Yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah. And the layouts and everything. The coloring is really great, too. It's a cool book. Definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. All right. Up, up next, we got a book Another called... Cool book. Yeah, The Stinky Parade. Uh Sorry, this is called Extinction Parade. This is written by Max Brooks, who wrote World War Z, which is a, now a movie that's coming out this weekend in your local theaters. Starring Brad Pitt. Yeah, and uh, the art in this is by Rallo Ceseris, who might as well just be anybody who draws any Avatar book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about this book. I did not make it through. All right, so, so uh, yep. this book is about vampires in a zombie apocalypse. Um, is it? Yeah. Oh. Yep. 
<laughs> I guess you didn't read that much. Are right? they like the under the sub dead or whatever? Yep. No, those are the the zombies are the sub dead. Yeah, they're, they're okay. like the higher dead. I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so basically, there's these vampires, and um, they're kind of safe from the zombies because they can fly away, and uh, they're just kind of watching the world get destroyed while living high up in towers. Sorry, the art in this book is cracking um, me up. And you know. Being an Avatar book, uh, some super violent things start happening. Zombies start show up and start eating people and like eating their like eyeballs out of their skulls. <laughs> like Avatar's like tagline should be entrails more like out trails. <laughs> There's so many guts in this book just hanging all over the place. Right? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's brown and covered with blood. The art looks like a cross between Juan Jose Reap and Paul Galassi if they were drunk. Um, <laughs> I, I, it, this was just not for me. A lot of cross hatching. Yeah. Uh, I, I sort of liked it, but it, like weird. almost in like a, in like a, a funny way, like a funny way. But I, I don't know. The one I, thing I did like was that the, the funniest part where she's like, how come humans keep getting killed by these zombies? They're like really slow and stupid. And it's, it's like, a I don't know. It's pretty funny. She just starts like punching a zombie and it's just like walking around. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's why didn't we, why didn't we review the liberator this week? You guys, I don't know, but we should review George R. (laughs) R. Martin's skin trade when that comes out. I I think we we probably probably will. Yeah. (laughs) Avatar coming up. Um, I bet it'll have a lot of boobs and, and intestine. Did you guys get the liberator at the other store? No, we didn't order. We were like, it's really funny. It's like a PETA. Horror comic. Oh, is it's it? really oh, funny. No. Not PETA from Hunger Games. PETA, oh. the organization. Uh, yeah, uh, we do not recommend Extinction Parade. Yeah, sorry. Nope. It's, Don't put the people's names when we tweet this out, Jared. Oh, I never do. <laughs> All right, up next, we've got uh, a book that's the absolute 100% opposite of Extinction Parade. This is uh, A Matter of Life by Jeffrey Brown. Man, there's a skeleton right on the front cover. There is a skeleton. Uh, so this is uh, this is autobiographical stuff uh, by Jeffrey Brown. Who would have thought? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a little different than his other stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's more focused on his family and sort of uh, um, his like sort of faith and yeah. you go into church when he's young and living with a religious family and then sort of how that translates to how to, he deals with religion with his own kids and stuff. And, uh, and at the same time, it's like about his, like that ties into his relationship with his father and then his relationship with his son now. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. And, uh, it's fantastic. It's like touching. It's, right. um, it's really funny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Brown's great. Uh, fatherhood seems to be a big, you know, I mean, he's a dad now. Right. So it seems to be a big thing that runs through all of his comics recently. You know, Vader and Son and uh, yeah. uh, Vader's Little Princess and now this. And, uh, yeah, I thought everything in here was really well told. Yeah, and uh, well colored as well. Huh? Yeah, his opinions on, yeah, I think it's all colored in, with markers, which is pretty cool. Right. But, like, uh, the way he handles religion in this book I think is really interesting. He He's not negative about religion at all. Like, he's, you know, I think at this point in his life not a very religious person. Right. But I think he he's also... Uh, He's very sympathetic. He, he sees the he, merits of it, like in people's lives, you know. Right, exactly, and I think that's. Um, well, the, the, I think the most interesting thing is that his father is a minister who stays right. with the church. So, like, even though Jeffrey Brown himself stops going to church and all that stuff, it's a lot of like going back to his life about how religious it was and how he changed, and but still how he loves his dad, and that's still part of his life. So it's still like well, it's he, funny because connected he, to him, and his dad loves him. It's not yeah. like it's not like he he you know at one point he tells his dad basically that he's an atheist, right. and yeah. it's not like his dad disowned disowns him or anything right. they're a very loving family and uh, uh yeah it's it's just a it's it's good i think it might be one of the best things that he's ever done that's great yeah or it's the definitely best. 
I mean, I love Incredible Change Bots. Yeah, one of my favorites. I I feel like it's the most focused and just, I don't know. Yeah, I think by focusing, I mean, it says on the back, an autobiographical meditation on fatherhood and faith. And I think by focusing on those two topics, it it feels much tighter and... um, You know, maybe I don't want to say his other stuff is self-indulgent, but this feels less self-indulgent than that. It right, feels like right. he actually has something that he wants to talk about right. as opposed to just sort of his life or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really, really good. Yeah, it's very feel-good. And a lot well. of great oh, stories well, and experiences that he's able to retell to yeah. everybody. It's a good, I don't know, it, it made me feel good. Yeah. It's got too. some sad stuff in it, but it's like overall like really good positive book <laughs> yeah uh this is this is highly recommended like yeah like definitely check this book out if that sounds interesting to you at all yeah all right up next uh we got uh another pretty awesome book this is called primates the fearless science of jane goodall diane fossey and uh barute galdicus what do you think nick how should we say that last one uh, there, right, there, we go. there you go. Uh, this is by Jim <laughs> Jim Ottaviani, who did what did Jim Ottaviani do? He just most recent one was Feynman, but he's also done oh, Defying yeah. Science and Bone Sharps and any book that involves science that <laughs> is true and it's turned into a comic book. He probably wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> and the art is and this is by Maris Wicks, who I've I think she's been in. Um, at least I've seen her stuff in Paper Cutter before, but oh, she, right. she has a very like Raina Telgemeier-ish yeah. art style. Right. And uh, this book is about uh, the three aforementioned scientists. I'd say mostly focusing on Jane Goodall. Yeah, to start. But yeah, yeah, yeah I guess she's the main story because she kind of is the first one to really. Get she kind of weaves into everybody else's stories yeah. as well. But yeah, so like each one of them, uh, Jane Goodall was the. I'm going to get these all mixed up. Jane Goodall did chimpanzees. I'm doing this wrong. Yeah, yep. she's, she's the pioneer Man. there. And then. Later did gorillas. did gorillas. Yeah. And Birute Galdicas did orangutans. There we go. Yes. And so they all... They're all walking together on the cover, yeah. if that helps. That's <laughs> <laughs> really cute. Uh, but yeah, so it's basically just telling how they got involved in the science of it and how most of them, to start off, were just kind of volunteers who were fascinated by these animals right. and went out and were later forced into getting like scientific backgrounds and degrees and stuff just so they would have more credibility with the institutes and publishing papers even though they were just really getting all this information because they're the ones who are just willing to go out and sit you know in the wilderness for months at a time you know doing observations of all these animals and a lot of it's like how they kind of get in touch with other people who are passionate about the same things and how they deal with poachers and what they're able to discover they're they're literally the first people who've done any serious research about all this and it's fascinating it's like the super cartoony style that really brings all of the apes to life in a good, like, friendly way, which is exactly what they are themselves discovering as scientists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting to sort of place this in the sort of, um, like, where it is in science. Yeah. Um, they talk about how now everybody knows that, you know, chimpanzees are 96% of the DNA right. as as humans. But at that at that point when, when Goodall started, all they, you know, the basic science was just humans use tools. And right. that's what that's, separates us. That's from what that. made people humans. Yeah. yeah. And then so she, so she's studying and, and, you know, almost immediately she sees these chimpanzees using tools yeah. and eating meat, which was another yeah. thing. Yeah. And, uh yeah, but like Jared said, I think I think it's a sort of integration of the people with with the animals and like how they deal together and and I don't know, it just really puts you in in their lives and makes what is basically an educational book into something that's very entertaining and sort of yeah. Um, uh, one of the cool things is that that 
they're all kind of connected by uh, this guy uh, Louis Leakey. Oh right, who's he's like this doctor who's kind of like a anthropologist, and he he's the one that kind of sends them on all these all these trips. He's like, yeah, he grew up in Africa, and so he's kind of like the early connection. And yeah, and just he, like be like, you look like a good person to go sit in the jungle. He feels <laughs> that women are better at this kind of thing, like observing animals in the wild because they're more thinks, patient. And- uh, they're more patient, and that that uh, the the primates themselves don't get as um, like the males don't get as aggressive around the females yeah, as they do against males, right. and so he's he's like, I don't want anybody who knows any science stuff. I don't want any bias. I just want somebody to go there without anything in their head and just kind of observe these things. And then it, you know he does it over and over again, and and it works really well. And all these women have like very distinct kind of methods, and and uh, though there's the implication that Leaky was like, I'm also going to select some hot girls, <laughs> <in the> back, <laughs> right. which his yeah. wife was not so happy. I with. mean, Louis Leaky was like a superstar. He was yeah. basically like you know yeah. after Charles Darwin, like one of the hugest sort of biologists. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't the yeah the whole way it's laid, and it's a really funny book. We should say yeah, yeah. there's really a, funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the art is really expressive. It's very simple, but like like you know it, I I will say again, it looks a lot like Raina Talgemeier. Yeah. But uh, but like her art, I find that like. You know the cartooniness lends itself to really expressive stuff. The way she draws the apes and, and yeah. gorillas and, really and what cute. have you. Uh, <laughs> I still, even after reading this, don't know all the differences. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a really fascinating book, and this is a kids' book, I should say as well. Like yeah. you know, anybody can read it, but it's 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 really perfect for say like a twelve, thirteen year old, right. something like that. Um, so good, so good. Highly recommended. Yes, and uh, highly educational, highly educational, and highly funny. All right. Uh, up next, we've got a book. That we're going to have to just remember because we <laughs> sold out of it. But uh, this is called Wild Blue Yonder. This is the first issue. I don't know who published this. IDW. Okay, IDW. This is written by Mike Rake and uh, Austin Harrison with art by Zach Howard, I believe is the way that works. I think so. That um, great in this guy. Yeah, yeah. So Zach Howard is the uh, – I don't know these authors. Zach, Zach Howard, Howard drew the cape. Drew the cape. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. I mean, that looks fine. And uh, Jared, I think – you probably want bananas for this book. It was the best. <laughs> no pun intended after primates there. But, uh, uh, yes. yeah, I feel like Jared wants to talk about this so much. <laughs> I do. Uh, so this is basically a sci-fi in the future comic where the Earth has been irradiated through war or whatever. And so, of course, the way to survive this is everyone builds, like, planes and balloons and dirigibles. And so just all go up higher in the atmosphere and fly around all the time. Yeah, they all live in, like, mountains. Yep. Yeah, Andy, who works here, I think described it really well as in video game terms as a cross between Crimson skies and fallout three <laughs> there you go i was gonna how should i call it like uh mad max cross with a rocketeer or something yeah it's but. like it's like uh i think they're like, like there's mad max and there's water world this is like yeah. air world <laughs> yeah yeah there's like a legendary ship that that doesn't need refueling yeah that like everybody is powered. fighting over yeah but yeah so the opening scene is like you know the a pilot a female pilot comes into a bar looking for a new gunner for her ship or plane and recruits this guy who's been stuck there who quit one of the mining crews and then immediately goes off into a horrible horrible combat which involves uh, a lot of guys with jetpacks carrying axes where this comic gets extremely violent and bloody uh, but you've got people but not avatar level no no but just like people getting killed and just right. like people jumping from plane to plane on jetpacks and parachutes and planes <laughs> crashing and falling out and and this gunner that, amazing. that she brings in who's basically like a guy who before this was like shoveling snow off yeah, the runway just right. some dude <laughs> you know he he uh he gets recruited into this kind of uh, they're like, al- yeah whatever they're almost like gangs basically yeah. and uh 
And, you know, one of the guys who's, like, flying around with a jetpack and is covered in blood because he just chops somebody to pieces is like, yeah, this is what you're going to be doing. Yep. Right. The guy's like, wait. Just wait till you get a jetpack. It's great. Right. You'll get used to it. Don't worry. Yeah. should say this girl's dog is awesome as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's dog got a dog with uh, aviator goggles. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. Um, yeah, and then I think after that, you kind of you get into the bigger story and kind of meet what, what would be the bad guys. Right. Yeah, who are trying to track down this group of this particular to gang. get their ship. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's really entertaining. And the world is really well realized i feel like yeah i like the way it just drops you in at the beginning it's it's uh it's got almost like a star wars kind of feel to yeah, it yeah. uh but uh, yeah it's, i just thought it was great yeah i, yeah, I, I loved it really well done fun pulp we definitely didn't get enough copies of it nope we'll have more though we didn't know it's an idw book yeah it could yeah. go either way <laughs> yeah i mean they put out the crow right it so, was great yeah. I mean, uh, but speaking of good idw books the well, next book is also a good idea. Really good. Like, this comic is really surprisingly good. So this is uh, X-Files Season 10, number one. Uh, uh, boy, Joe Harris. Yeah, it says here, written by Chris <laughs> Carter and Joe Harris. But this is definitely written by Joe Harris. Yeah, yeah well, we, it, we interviewed him. Yeah. Was it three? Two or three episodes ago. Yeah, Go back to our old he podcast. He explained it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, he, t- he talked about it a good bit. But, uh, but yeah, I, Carter would give, like, ideas for his vague plot of what he intended to do when the show wrapped up. He's, like, the then, executive producer, basically. Yeah. But, no, yeah. they actually like, discussed some plot points, which right, I thought right. was very cool. And the art in this is by my... Michael Walsh, who I don't know, but he has a very sort of Sean Phillips style, I would say. Yeah, maybe like Paul Azaketa. Yeah, Paul Azaketa is perfect. His art looks exactly like Paul Azaketa. Um, I just wanted to say at first before we talk about the the plot itself, the introduction of Mulder in this story is so good and so dead on. It's so funny. Just the way he talks and the way he acts is is great. But so so the main story (laughs) of this is uh, it starts out and, um, you know, uh, this is way later i guess than yeah because after like the series and after the movie yeah the last movie and uh uh scully is you know on the run and it seems like something terrifying is happening to her and then it switches to you know like so many comics do now earlier that day and we sort of see her and Mulder in their new lives because they're in the witness protection program right. <laughs> and um you know she's a doctor and he is i don't know what he does he's like he's, he's a like magician. Right, oh yeah he's a magician and he's writing a memoir which is a really smart thing to do with oh, right. his protection but uh then some old old sort of friends show up i don't really want to talk too yeah. much about Good about surprise. who they are yeah but uh and things start to get really really weird in an x-files kind of way yeah. yeah like like many uh comics recently they start off with a like danger scene and then flashback a little bit so yeah which is a classic yeah, but almost really, like, uh, the hook is that Scully's in trouble and someone's after her, and the issue slowly uh, explain what's a little bit about who they are with a nice twist about this, somehow this, creepy they are. The stakes are up are up so drastically yes. near the end. You're like, what? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like uh, I feel like this book does a lot of things really well. For one, uh, it's it's really dramatic and kind of yeah. kind of scary at points. Yeah, like really creepy. Uh, there's also a little like enough fan service in here if you like X Files. Yeah, there's a little hints thrown in about like stuff that may have happened and stuff. And pretty, some old yeah. characters that come back, and it looks like some other old characters are going to be coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. It goes on. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and yeah, it was just paced really well. It was really entertaining to read, and it was weird because it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like an X Files episode. I don't think. But really? but it felt it felt more like, like it, one of the mythology episodes uh, without being part of the big bigger the like more more of like, like character based the character mythology yeah, yeah. yeah. instead so, yeah it's it's almost like monster of the week without being a monster of the week or something right like right that. Uh, yeah I I do want to say the colors in this are really great too yeah. uh, we yeah. love Jordi Belair she does awesome oh, colors she did. no wonder yeah yeah and uh, yeah just 
the whole thing was just like super readable, super yeah. super fun, intense. but but very tense at the same time. And anybody who's a fan of the X Files should definitely check this comic yeah. out. Yeah, there have been quite a few X Files comics in the past that have not been great, like X Files Thirty Days and Night and some other ones. <laughs> but uh, this is really well done, and it feels like uh, I feel like you can feel Chris Carter's uh, you know influence on this, right. and like I you know it just seems like everybody that's working on it are really big fans and they really get the it's voices It's very right. true to the show. Yeah, yeah, and it's very true to the show and it's a good comic. Read it. Yep. As were a lot of other comics this week. Yeah, it was crazy. On good, the 85th episode of the Big Planet Comics. Everything podcast. was good except for Extinction Parade. Except for Extinction Parade. <laughs> we just want to reiterate Extinction Parade, not a good comic. No. Um, Poor Max Brooks. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. He's rich. He's got a movie coming yeah, out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, his, and his a dad's. movie using the name <laughs> of his book is coming out. Yeah, and, uh, you know, his dad's Mel Brooks. Hey. So. Yeah, yeah, isn't that amazing? Um, yeah, <laughs> so uh, that's it for this episode. Yep, thanks so, for listening. Uh, send uh-huh. us questions, uh, review us. Yep, go check out zodiacstarforce.com. Yep, get in touch. I'm gonna go on Tumblr now and see what's going on. There you go. See you guys later. Bye.